Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. The men's accessories marketplace. Head on over to CuffLinks.com slash DVR today and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. They've got tons of stuff over there, whether it's gift set boxes. They've got Marvel ones. I'm looking at right now. Captain America shields, baby. They have style from a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars, Game of Thrones, any of the geeky stuff. And of course, the classic styles that you've grown to love. And you, the listener, will be rewarded because we're going to be doing some giveaways this season. So stay tuned. Go over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome to One Mike and Daily DVR's deep dive into the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 2, entitled The Star-Spangled Man. Or I had an alternate title, which is Aliens, Androids, or Wizards, (laughs) or Sorcerers, or Super Soldiers. that's, That's the whole thing that's going on here. There's a lot more than just Alien Androids. Um, this one is directed again by Kari Skogland, and this time written by a gentleman named Michael Castellane, if I'm pronouncing. I was it was going to be me. What's that? I was hoping it was going to be me. <laughs> like, please say Michael Lacombe. <laughs> Michael Lacombe, yes. <laughs> and he's with us on the pod. Um, <laughs> right. Whether you're watching on YouTube at One Mic or listening to the podcast at Daily DVR, please do leave a like, subscribe, and write us a review. That'd be great. Give us some reviews. Um, also, check out Mike's instant reaction to this episode on the One Mike channel, which we'll be talking about today. And I know there were some things you didn't like, and I'm looking forward to talking about that stuff. That's always good. Yeah. Uh, we also want your feedback. We got an email from Andy this week that we'll talk about. So hit us up at dvrpodcast.com. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, at dvrpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also go to dvrpodcast.com to find out more about us, hit a uh, comment on one mic, which we also got a comment from your um, initial reaction video. You can also join the Daily DVR Facebook group. Uh, now, I should introduce myself. My name is Axel, and with me, of course, is Mike. I'm going to yes. let him speak. How are you doing, Mike? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. Ready to ready to talk some Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm looking yeah. forward to reading some of the uh, feedback we got. So should be a good time. Yes, me too. Oh, I have a surprise. I have a surprise. For me or for our <laughs> For everyone. For okay. everyone involved. Um, now, we had talked a little bit about that um our sponsor here cufflinks.com has sent me out some free swag and awesome products that they have at cufflinks.com check them out cufflinks.com slash dvr and i want to show it let me bring up my uh my video here so i can see myself hi how you doing so we are what we're going to do is we are just going to ask for feedback, right? That's what we were saying. Give us feedback. Send us an email. Hit us with a comment at one mic um, on the Facebook post about the episode. And what we're going to do is I think there's six episodes. So why don't we give something out next week after the third episode? And we'll give out two things at the end of the season. 
Let's Whoop. do it. We're just going to choose randomly from everyone who gives us feedback, just gets people involved. And this is what yeah. you can win. First thing is pretty cool. An Avengers pin, which is pretty awesome. I like that. You can wear that on your lapel, put it on your book bag, um, you know, whatever you want, wherever you put pins. We also have a, a winter soldier tie, which is here. Let me try to get it on the camera there. That's pretty yeah. cool. It's, it's in the nice plastic wrapping now. It comes out of the plastic wrapping. So it's not a plastic tie, people. Use your imagination. <laughs> I got, I'm right? supposed to put that on. Yeah, right? But it's got a cool <laughs> pattern on it. It's awesome. Oh, okay. Now this, this may not seem like the best one, but for me it is because I have already some of these socks and these are awesome Marvel socks. Look at this, man. This, these things are so comfortable. I should take them out just so you can see the beautiful fabric that they're made out of whoever wins this is actually going to win this same box that i'm touching right now so you will get a little bit of my dna please don't <laughs> i just want to say that like don't oh yeah. bonus prize excellent dna <laughs> um look at that these things are great like you know these are nice socks man these are thick too bro these are so comfortable i have a couple of star wars socks like this um, so that is going to be the prizes we are going to be giving out. And all you have to do is give us some feedback. So already Andy is going to be entered and we also have Gareth and let's see who else, Aaron, everyone who gave us feedback last week. So the comment that I got on the, on the initial exactly. reaction episode, comment on the initial reaction, all that everybody's going to get entered. So next week, we'll do a little drawing of those on live on the air here, and we'll give away that stuff. So thank you, Cufflinks.com, and head over to Cufflinks.com slash DVR. Use code DVR20. Save on all their awesome items. And it's not just Cufflinks like I'm showing you. It's, it's good stuff like socks, and they also have a lot of cool pins, too, like Game of Thrones, you know, the, the uh, Avengers, all that kind of stuff. It's awesome stuff. Thank you, Cufflinks. So let's get into the episode. Um, let's start out with some of the issues that you had, Mike, because I know if I'm going to ask you what you thought of the episode, I can imagine that'll be close to what your um, initial reaction was. So what is one of those that you want to hit on or what was kind of your overall impression of the episode? Well, overall, I found the episode to be pretty enjoyable. Um, I, I, it, it didn't hit me as 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 well as the first episode did, but I still found the episode to be pretty enjoyable. Um, the 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 introduction of 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 Bucky and Sam together that was fun. You know, I enjoyed that kind of stuff. Well, I'm, I'm not going to go into everything, but talking about one of the things that I didn't like, um, I felt I think the thing that bothered me the most was after Sam and Bucky left. Uh, Isaiah's house, the the older black guy toward the end of the episode, yeah. Isaiah Bradley. Um, after they left his house, they have a interaction with the police where essentially uh, the police essentially go, yeah, we were going to fuck with Sam until we realized he was an Avenger. And now we're going to just arrest Bucky yeah. for uh, violating the, you know, his, the terms of his pardon. And um, I don't know. I felt like that scene was super heavy handed 
as and, and super predictable. Like I really liked the bank scene from the first episode because I thought that they used. I thought uh, what was it? What's her, the director's name? Kari. Yes. Uh, yeah. I th- I thought she used a gentle touch there with the whole. Uh, you know, oh, it's always it, you never have time for us, or you can. It's some, some. She said something about us. I can't remember what the what she said exactly. The sister, but um. <laughs> You know, the, and the whole thing, like, you know, you've been banking with us for generations, but we can't we can't help you out here. It was, it was very uh, uh, it was kind of like it was a little bit more subtle with the yes, racism there. Yeah. And I, I, as soon as they walked out and I saw the cop pulling around, I'm like, oh, we're going to get a really we're going to get a scene of uh, Sam getting harassed until they find like it was super predictable. And I'm like and it was the complete opposite of the soft touch that she gave it in the first episode. It was like, you know, getting hit with Molnir in this episode. So it was like, uh, I, I, I didn't like that aspect of it. Like, I, I, I certainly hope there's not going to be a, hey, racism exists uh, reminder every episode. I really hope that doesn't become a thing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you on that one, man. I mean, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. And one of the things that got me going was all the spy stuff in it. And that's really what they should add. It should be like aliens, androids, super soldiers, and spies, too, because <laughs> I love all the different names and the LAF and Flag Smashers and GDC and like all these different groups that have like now become a part of this earthbound Marvel universe. I really enjoy that. That was the same stuff I enjoyed about Winter Soldier and the original Captain America. That's why I loved Captain America, even the comic, because I like that spy stuff. I think it's cool when they start throwing out all these weird acronyms. Um, but this was also, and I'm, I just wanted to get it out of the way, was my big disappointment from the episode two, man. And when I queued up, and listened to your um, initial reaction there, which because I'm an old man, I even though it's on YouTube, I still listen to it while I was taking a shower, actually. Sorry so, for not so, getting that up on the podcast uh, feed in a timely manner. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I can easily just, you know, put the phone down and get into the shower. So I was nude while listening to your uh, your um, your uh, instant reaction. There. <laughs> I'm going to keep just that in so mind you know. when I record the next one. Yeah. This is like just to be racist. Just in case he's naked. Let me make sure I, <laughs> make sure I say podcast. something weird. <laughs> um, usually I listen to like PTI or something like that. But um, anyway, I also had the same reaction. I was listening. I was like, damn, I'm glad Mike said that. Because you're right, man. Last week, that was so... I mean, we were talking about how like this isn't Watchmen. Like, slow your roll a little bit. You did a good job. You're you're mm-hmm. you're allowing us to understand that though these things in the real world also exist in the MCU, right? Because even though it's the same universe, it is good for them to let us know that they exist there, but then also to try to address them. In a, in a manner that befits reality as well as the context of the show. And they did that last episode. This was just so dumb. I really <laughs> thought it was dumb. And I, and I, I mean, they didn't go super overboard, right? Like, it's not like they started beating him or do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. they could have, I'm trying to be nice. They could have went really dumb. But instead, 
it was a scene that I didn't understand why it needed to be there, especially after they had just met Isaiah Bradley, who was basically black Captain America, who was not only hidden, but imprisoned for 30 years for the, for the great sin of stealing the suit and the shield to defeat Nazis. Which he was successful <laughs> at. Okay. Right. It's not as you, you nailed it. This nailed mission, it. he didn't say, I went on a mission to be, defeat the Nazis and I accidentally killed a school bus full of kids. <laughs> no, he defeated them and they still put him in jail. So Sam finding out that information, especially after he had turned down the shield for reasons mm-hmm. that included the legacy of racism that it could represent being that it's a Captain America, right? Um, that this scene was just ridiculous to me. And I'm glad that it was quick. I think that it's something I'm going to chalk it up to, um, like kind of a learning lesson. I think Marvel's going to learn from this scene because I think everything they do, they listen. And they talk and everything is kind of committed, you know, and I think that they're going to do a better job and hopefully do more scenes like last week. I mean, they shot this season, so who knows? But I don't know, man. It's I think a, the the scene with Isaiah Bradley was perfect. It was great. Like they, they could have left it there and not even had the cop interaction. And yeah. that could have been, again, the the soft touch reminder of of I, I like the way you put it, actually, that that the things that exist in our world also exist in the MCU. Like I, I, I'd like looking at it that way. And that scene with Isaiah Bradley, could, that could have been it like that. Yeah. They nailed it right there. And side note on that scene, I really liked, and I, I mentioned this in the video, but I'll say it, you know, for, for anybody listening that, did, that hasn't watched my initial reaction, I really liked the way they filmed that scene, how like you didn't realize, like, it's just like old black guy. And they, they just filmed his face. And that was all you see. And you just see old black guy and Sam and Bucky. And then as they're going to leave, the camera doesn't pull back. But like you see his body and he's fucking huge. Yeah. And I'm like, and and no one says anything about it. They don't go like, oh, my God, he's really fucking big. But like I, I like, again, soft touch with that. Just the reminder, like, hey, even though he's old as shit, that super soldier serum doesn't wear off. <laughs> like yeah. he's he's still huge and he's still strong. And like it, it told us a lot about the serum without actually saying shit. And I, I liked that. And I think uh what I thought about when you mentioned that too is the way that they shot him and framed him, it did make him seem huge, but also frail in the same way. They did a good mm-hmm. job of showing. I had to think for a second, right? Because I was like, wait, why is he old? I th- this Bucky's not old. The super. Oh, and I was like, oh, wait, Bucky kept on getting frozen. Like, again, <laughs> Cap yeah, got frozen. They, they kept on yeah. waking him back up. Right. And mm-hmm. so they the time thing is messed up. So it was I like the way they had a little talk about it. And he explained you know what had happened another thing quickly it made me think is that he has a son and his son was there right was that his son or his grandson that opened the door i think I, it's his I, that son. I don't know yeah i think it was his son um hmm. and i believe that his son may play some sort of role in the comics so that's an interesting just 
Easter egg call out there because they did have, when I watch it the second time, they did give us a couple of fat close ups of him listening to his dad talk. And also mm-hmm. the age difference was there because his son looked to be about 19, 20 younger, but he obviously is of, he's really a hundred something years old like Bucky is, but he's aged differently, right? Due to the serum. So mm-hmm. I think that that whole part of it was really interesting. The whole scene had so much resonance to Sam. It had, you know, hey, man, we talked about Watchmen, you know, spoilers for Watchmen here. But Watchmen has something very similar that happened in it. And and they and the way that they handled it was, let's just say, maybe a little bit more. I don't know how to say adult or um, serious. So I think that Marvel had handled it very good in that one scene to augment it with the cop scene. I don't know. You know, I've been trying to look around on the Internet to find kind of a defense of this scene in a sense. Like, why would you include this in the show? Um, I understand what is happening in our country, what has happened the way the media reacts to certain movements and political movements, which for me, I have to say is positive, right? Mike, like this kind of, you described it as kind of pandering, Mm -hmm. right? It is. But then again, I'd rather see this than some Nazi shit. So I'm not (laughs) going to get too upset with this. Fair enough. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I can never get, I'm not one who's going to get so, you know, so, so upset about, the culture doing this or whatever. I just think that to me, it's like an experiment. They're trying to find their way in how to tell more complex stories and they're going to stumble. And I think that like you've said before, and we talked about in the past, they've done so much good that I'm going to trust them. Yeah, right? that's fair. It didn't ruin the episode for me is basically what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I don't think it really destroyed the characters. It was kind of a stupid scene. And it even seemed to me like the guys who were the cops in the scene, I was like, they could, it's, I almost could see it on their faces like, we know what kind of scene we're in. Why are we doing this? <laughs> right? Like, it was almost like they were like, we don't want to be the bad white cop guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It just I, didn't, I don't think it's ah, didn't like come the over scene, well. Yeah, it's it's just what it was. Just one of those things where I felt like it was just a little bit too heavy handed. And I, 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 my only, it didn't like you said, it didn't ruin the episode. My only concern is that I don't want this to become a a, a routine thing because then it then it will feel like pandering. Right. right now, it just feels like oh, that was kind of a clumsy scene to to insert right there, and and eh, didn't really need it. But like, if this keeps happening every episode, where it's like oh, now we have to have our racism moment of the week, like I'm, then I'm gonna start feeling like I'm being pandered toward, and then that that's gonna that that'll yeah. bother me. But I I don't anticipate that happening, and it wasn't one of those things where I'm just like oh fuck this episode. Like it, you know, it was like oh I didn't really care for that, but that's it, yeah. and it, you know. I don't expect it to be perfect. I yeah, I agree. And um I think that there there's better there are better and more subtle and more meaningful ways of tackling these issues within the context of the plot without obvious scenes that you know that show mm-hmm. it. My only thing is this though cuz I always have the theories on my mind of what you could do <laughs> if you're sitting in the writers room, but there were a lot of people with cameras in that scene. Yeah, And I wonder if it's going to come later in the season 
that that mm. scene, you know, cell phone footage is going to show up and Sam's going to have to answer for it or Bucky or people are going to react to it a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Because that is something that this show is dealing with, right? And it's part of the show. So that is one, that is the one kind of escape hatch that that scene has is that it's going to serve as like a f- social media flashpoint similar to the augmented reality of the flag smashers. And I thought it was interesting in the part in the episode when we saw the flag smashers, we actually got to be with them for a scene, right? While yeah, they were yeah. hanging out at a, at a gentleman's house in Eastern or Central Europe. I like the way they're like that Eastern or Central Europe. <laughs> it's like North or South Jersey. What does it really mean? Um, you could, they talked a lot about the, um, online and social media. And I think that they're trying here to make a, a, um, uh, an allegory towards our own world of like QAnon and right wing conspiracies and Twitter and the internet. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I kind of like that kind of stuff. And I think it's cool when they, when they go, in uh in that way so they're gonna maybe do that with the racial stuff as well that's yeah no thought. i think that's a, that i i i hope you're right yeah. and and i don't need the scene to be salvaged um like it is what it is it wasn't that big of a deal to me but i would i would think that'd be pretty cool if they do find a way to to m- bring that back around maybe with that camera footage yeah. that, that'd be pretty That'd be pretty clever. And I'd be I'd be eating crow in in that moment. <laughs> like this is what I get for shitting on that scene. Well, we'll see. Right. Because they, they, they do have to kind of handle it in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. But you never know what's going to happen. And they do deal with a lot with. I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about who we were really introduced to this episode which is John Walker. I mean, the episode is kind of named after him, the Star Spangled Man. Mm-hmm. And when we first meet him, he's in his old high school gym with a woman who I believe to be, and other people, I try to find it on the internet, she's credited as Olivia Walker, his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, did you pick that up, that that was his wife in that scene? Yeah, I, I assume okay. so, yeah. Right. And she is black as well. So yeah. I think that they are trying, again, and in the comic book, I believe that she's white. If I did my research correct. So I, I can't, I can't, I can't confirm or deny okay. that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I think it, I think that they are bringing something up there too. Like his partner, Battlestar, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they, these issues are coming up within the context of the show. Um, and I, th- and I thought I have to disagree with you. I kind of liked John Walker. A little bit. Really? Yeah. I didn't love him. I mean, I like (laughs) Wyatt Russell from Lodge 49 and other stuff that he's done. I like that dude. I think he's actually a really multi-talented actor. He can come across as either like kind of like a hulking guy like he is in this or as like kind of a like, you know, pot smoking surfer guy like he is in Lodge 40. He just has a great way about him and a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. I thought it, you didn't think in the first scene that even when Battlestar said to him, like, you can't punch your way out of this, John. And when he's practicing the lines like 
He even says later, I'm just trying to be the best Captain America I can be. Like, I, I, I don't I, dislike him. <laughs> I have no good reason for why I hate him other than I feel like he just looks like an adult Joffrey when he, had, <laughs> when he has them helmet on. Like when he takes it off, he looks like he looks uh, just like Kurt Russell, actually, he when does. he takes the helmet off. Yeah. But when he has the helmet on, he looks like a, a grown Joffrey with, in a Captain America suit. And I hate I just I just want to hit him in the face. I, I can't stand it. And then I, I also didn't like at the end how he said something like stay out of my way to uh, to. Yeah. The Sam and Bucky. It, it, he said that, and I shouted at my screen, who the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> who are you talking to? Like, Stay out of my way. Like, well, look, you great value, Captain America, and you're going to talk like that I... to, to Bucky Barnes and, and Sam Wilson? Like, fuck out of here, man. Well, you saw the way Sam looked at him, right? Like, they held yeah. on that, too. He was like, excuse me? Like, come <laughs> like, on, man. Um, Speak, and, and side note real quick one of my favorite scenes of the episode was when they after they picked them up when sam and bucky were walking and they got into the back of the yes. truck and then um <laughs> uh battlestar introduces himself and then bucky looks like <laughs> battlestar and then just gets the fuck <laughs> off the truck like. dude that was hilarious too because <laughs> there was the point where in that in that same scene um, Sam goes, who are you again? And he goes, Lamar Hoskins. <laughs> and, he, and Sam says, I'm going to need a little bit more than Lamar Hoskins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, and I just, man, it is the funny. They had so many funny scenes in this, in this episode. I really was cracking up at even the therapy scene, which was, eh, it was not, I was still, la- I couldn't help but laugh. But um, it had it had its moments. Yeah, yeah, it still had its. It was funny. Just all these like testosterone guys talking like it's. Just, it reminded me. I'm rewatching The Sopranos, and it just kind of reminds me of that kind of locker room, or just kind of silliness that goes on. Um, but I know what you mean, man. I think that they are setting up John Walker, new Captain America. Actually, if you watch it with the um closed captions on it actually says oh, captain do. america i do i do and i wrote it in my what while i was watching i put in my notes captions say captain america <laughs> fuck that <laughs> <laughs> like it's in the, it's in the notes in my phone yeah. i def I, I i noticed that and i immediately yep. got irritated it, me too oh, i was oh, like wow america, i thought it was gonna say john walker and it's kind of you know he goes over to his locker and he peels off. You don't, you don't see, I guess the sticker says Captain America, but it says JW. Oh mm-hmm. no, cause it's at his high school. That's right. So it's yeah. what he goes to his old locker. Now I get that. Okay. Yeah, it says something like JW 11, yeah. assuming that was his jersey number when yeah. he went to that school. Yeah. Exactly. And I, but I just have to say, I like the scene with his wife. I think that when they, the little good morning America thing that they did, which I love when Marvel does this. And now they have the full weight of the Disney uh, universe behind them that they can easily be like GMA. We're making it real now. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very cool. Me the, too. the band was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I love yeah. the way that you hear the music before when the titles came up that mm-hmm. was fucking great, man. I really, yeah. I got pumped for that. I was like, this is cool. I love the way they're doing this. And the story they told of him. I mean, I'm not, fo- I know, obviously, and it seems to me that there's more to this guy that we're going to find out. And I think that, and I think you may agree that he's linked to the power bro. He ha- he has to have powers. There's no way he's, he's throwing that shield like that <laughs> and jumping around. 
Yeah, yeah, with no powers. With no yeah. powers. He took the serum too, and he probably got it either illegally or the government is doing it again and not telling Sam or Bucky or anybody about it. Um, but I just have to say that after watching the episode, I think they really did a great tightrope of giving you enough to like him, but also because of our history with Sam uh, and Bucky being suspicious of him as well. But I, unlike you, I didn't have an overall bad feeling. And I like Lamar, man. I have to say, I like <laughs> Battlestar. I, that kept me in a little bit too. Uh, that name, I just can't with Battlestar. Like I, I had the same. Re- like I, I was marginally familiar with the character, but it, like I had the same reaction as Bucky. Like it's kind of like that SpongeBob meme. Like all right, I'm gonna head out. Like that's kind of that's how I feel. Like Battlestar. Like all right, I'm I'm, I'm leaving now. <laughs> but um, I, I really like the I I. I I don't have any good reasons for not yeah. liking the John Walker character. And I, I agree with everything you said. I thought that opening scene was really good. They're doing some interesting stuff with him kind of, you know, wondering, is he going to have a heel turn at some point kind of, but um, it's really just uh, Captain America is my favorite character in the MCU. So like, it, I'm never going to like this guy. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. uh, he, it doesn't matter what he does. He's not going to be Chris Evans. So I'm not going to like him. <laughs> so, well, like so. he said too, he's, he's like, it's like when he was talking to them, he's like, I'm not trying to be Steve. Like it is, it's a funny thing because I like the way that Marvel is approaching this idea because one of the things that has always hotly been debated since comics and superheroes were around, and I mean, it goes back to mythologies, when one being takes another's power or title, how does that transference work? Do we accept them as something new? Do we accept them as the legacy of something old, right? Like, what is Captain America? Is Captain America Steve? Is it Captain like military guy fighter, or is it America? You know what I mean? There's different parts of it. And Mm -hmm. I find it fascinating the way they are kind of examining that from all different ways. And when I rewatched it, I was really struck by the amount of time that they devoted to having John Walker, like explain himself over and over (laughs) again. Right? Like I'm just, and the conversation, I really think that conversation with the four of them in the Jeep was like the most important part of the show because that's where they also established like what they're trying to do and finding the flag smashers. And we'll talk about that as well. But they also established that, um, Captain America, I'm going to keep on calling him John Walker, John Walker and Battlestar. We work for not only the U.S. government. But they have the power of something called, and I have it in my notes here, the uh, blah, 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 the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council, which was set up after the blip to assist people in re, re, uh, re, uh, getting their birth certificates, citizenship, um, all the things that you would need if you had died for five years and miraculously reappeared out of nothing. 
And they explain that the GRC has all these camps where they help people. They are tasked with making sure that all that material gets to the right place, right? Protecting it. And they want, um, they want, um, Sam and Buggy to join them. Did you know any, what did you take from this GRC, this whole kind of thing? That was all new to, that was all new to me. Um, I didn't know, like, I, I was learning about it as it happened in the episode. So, um, but I, again, I like, I like the attention to detail that they are doing with this. Like, I, 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 I don't know why I would assume this, but I don't know. I kind of assumed that things were going to start over. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be like, okay, in game's over or, or uh, the Spider-Man sequel. Now we're going to enter a new phase and we're going to kind of start over. But like real life, problems persist and, and even once they're solved they can still impact you going forward and they are going they're going <laughs> i'm gonna say it they're going balls deep on the fucking uh blip shit like yeah, like they, they are, are re- they, they're you me too I, I i i like the i like the realism of this like the you know this is these are the things that might actually happen if something like this would actually happen. So, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I was learning about it as the episode went on trying to, you know, picking up what they do and whatnot. But, um, I I really like the attention to detail that they're doing with, uh, the, the after effects of the blip. Very realistic. I think it's really cool because it also, it sets up all these crazy acronyms, which I think is so fun. And it reminds you of all the great spy stuff, um, like whether it's even, it makes me think of just watching Tenant and how that was like Nolan's kind of spy movie. Um, and like James Bond, where you have all these organizations mm-hmm. within organizations that are linked to NGOs and blah, blah, blah. Right. And like people who are helping people in this refugee camp. And I, I think what they're, what I, if I had to lay it out, I feel like the this GRC, the LAF, the Flag Smashers are a really cool way of setting up this post-blip world, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also not only post-blip, but it's post the exposure of Hydra still being around, right? We have to go back to Winter Soldier and Civil War and all that stuff and remember how Hydra was exposed. And I think that's why they bring in the person that Bucky took out, the senator that he took out last episode. He reminds that Hydra got her there and she still seems to be working for Hydra. But does Hydra still exist, right? Now, so... I think it's very interesting that the way they're setting up all these organizations, and I think that there's more to it than meets the eye in so far as they're setting up the flag smashers as the antithesis to the GRC. The flag smashers believe that the global repatri... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to call it GRC. GRC. (laughs) The GRC has given too much money and too much time to all the people that came back. 
And not only did all the regular schmoes come back who are in refugee camps, blah, 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 but those in power who came back. And they're leading us to an understanding that in the five years that we didn't see, there was a change in like global politics in some way that yeah. perhaps I mean, half the people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shit's going <laughs> to way different than the leftovers. But you would also think that there would be probably some more a bit more socialist type organizations and governments would exist because it would be all about everyone coming together and communally healing and and getting together from this it wouldn't be like you know like a capitalist dream right right like <laughs> now i can sell to less people um <laughs> right? they cut, they cut right. my fucking product in half what are you gonna do you need help from the government or whatever so mm-hmm. i think that this brings in a lot of interesting ideas insofar as i think my, my impression is that the flag smashers are not an evil organization. I don't think they are. I I I'm glad you brought that up and I'm I'm going to let you continue but I was going to ask your thoughts on yeah. that because watching the ep- episode I'm thinking like are these bad guys? <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a fine line, right? Because mm-hmm. one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. So, I don't know what they've done so far they said that they have done some terrorist acts but i'm finding this out from a military guy in a plane who's briefing sam before he jumps off to fight him Mm -hmm. i don't know if i can trust that guy hail hydra right like i think we have to remember that this grc whatever new groups propped up if hydra was able to infiltrate the u.s government and all these governments they were obviously there must be still people who had a plan and who were around to take advantage of what happened during the blip. And I think that the flag smashers, it seems to me that Sam and Bucky thought they were stealing weapons and it was really medicine. They're trying to help people and their, their methodology. I don't know too much about because like I said, it's only from one source, but that might not be right. And the fact that the power broker is after them, who we're, we're introduced to now in this episode, we talked about it was in the credits of last episode. Yep. Obviously, he's a power broker. What do you think he brokers in? Powers, right? He <laughs> he made he gave them the super soldier serum. That's what they stole from him. Kari gets a text. You took what was ours, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that was what was happening in Switzerland or whatever when that mm-hmm. whole thing broke out. Yep. Um. In the last episode. So I think that there is in the midst of all this, Sam and Captain America and Bucky and therapy, they are kind of weaving a fun little spy plot underneath it all, a web <laughs> that I am really enjoying. And yeah, Man, I, I think that they're, you fucking nailed it, dude. Yeah, like, I like that, it. I, yeah, that I, I don't have anything to add. I was going to say the exact same thing. Like the the whole idea of, of are these even bad guys and the the power broker the 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 vaccines that they like all that stuff I, yeah yeah I have nothing to add I'll, I'm okay, all, I'm cool right there with you I'm glad you enjoy it and you like it too because I've been picking up other people oh, yeah. enjoying that aspect of it and I think it's real fun because one of the problems that I had with the whole Hydra thing was that there wasn't enough of it. 
I wanted to see more evidence of Hydra and I wanted to see more spy stuff happening. But at the same time, they had to build up the Avengers and all the other stories that were happening in the MCU. And I feel like now with this show, oh, this is so cool. I realized, and that's why I was most excited by this episode is we get this fun spy stuff. Another element that I wanted to throw at you, and uh, actually this is part of what Andy brought up in his email, which is that they not only did they just kind of did a uh, Kari grab Red Wing and just smash it to pieces. <laughs> I, re- I really don't understand why that wasn't given more attention. <laughs> like, I literally gasped. Yeah. Like, <gasps> yep. That's Andy said it too. He was like, um, uh, and how it should have been a bigger deal. And he said he thinks it's an interesting reoccurring theme in the MCU that technology is expendable without much fanfare. He said the Guardian's first ship was destroyed, Iron Man suits, the Bifrost, um, the original version of Jarvis and Vision, right? The Infinity Gauntlet. Andy, Andy brought up a lot of good things is that this kind of like a theme in Marvel that like this technology can be destroyed, but rebuilt. The only thing I would, I would take issue with is I feel like those things were given their proper due. All, all of those things. Like, whereas like red, the red wing thing was such a, like, like you would have thought she just like broke his, like a sword or something <laughs> irrelevant. She like cracked it across her knee and then, and then the show just moved on from it. Yeah. And like that, that that's the only thing I would challenge that is, is I feel like all those other things that you listed were like, big moments in those respective films that those things happened in. But, but I do think this though, Mike, which was my point from it. I think it's like a three pronged thing. First, you have this scene where Sam is fixing red wing with Mm -hmm. Torres, right? Yeah. Then you have the scene where, um, uh, red wing gets destroyed, but then, Battlestar tells Sam that the way they got there was by tracking them through Red Wing because Red Wing is government property and we work for the government and the GRC and you don't work for anyone, Mm -hmm. which brings up the point. But we know that Red Wing was made by Stark Industries. So isn't like, are we going to see to add to your Red Wing funeral here? Like that it Red Wing will be rebuilt and they will cut the government out of it. Because remember, Tony was all into we're going to have a ring around the world. We're going to allow the government access to this. Will there be some kind of scene where Sam calls up Pepper Potts or or maybe Don Cheadle or somebody and is like, (laughs) yo, remember how we let them in? Well, guess what? Get them out. Like, we need to separate the Avengers from the governments now. No, that could happen. That's my thinking, is that, is this bringing up really that same idea of should the Avengers be a government organization or are they free agents? Like what Sam and Bucky said, what's your understanding of it? Because are they, are Sam and Bucky working as Avengers now or are they just two superhero dudes flying through Germany. 
I look at them as two superhero dudes flying through Germany. Okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 I look at the whole Avengers situation, and I, did I mention this last week? I, don't, I can't re- I recall wherever it was that I mentioned it, but the idea of uh, they only come together for for big projects. Yes. Yeah. And and I I think that's why I consider them right now to kind of be free free agents. You know, it's like hey, well, you know, when something comes up, we're we're all needed. Like I don't know, they probably got a group chat or some shit. Like hey, let's get together. <laughs> but like right, like in their spare time, they're they're doing regular superhero shit, which means that they don't have to answer to you know answer to the okay. government. But it also means that their their government equipment can be hacked. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think Red Woman would be rebuilt. I just I I would have just like maybe like a little maybe like a reaction shot from Sam, you know, like like and it could it could have been fun. It could, they could have played it for laughs. Something. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, something like that. I, I don't know. I just secretly think that there's something deeper to that. Why do they keep on talking about Red Wing? Red Wing, or like I noticed when I watched, which Andy also mentioned in his email. That on Disney Plus, they have these legends things and it kind of gives you a little background Mm -hmm. of each character. And it's good to watch it because if you watch Sam's, there's a particular reliance on Red Wing in that segment where they talk a lot about and the way he's talking. Now, I know in the comic books, Red Wing does have a separate storyline. That's not that I believe is not unlike the kind of vision type thing that it's like AI in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that it will be interesting to see whether they're going to play into that in the show, whether the new Red Wing is going to be somehow different and something that's kind of out of left field. But I wanted to ask you. Do you think that with all this powers and everybody's a fucking super soldier except Sam? <laughs> At some point, is Sam going to get powers? Do you think in this series? I hope not. I, there, there's something. Uh, there's something to be said about that hero that manages without the uh, without superpowers. Like I, I, I dig the hero, the, your Batman's, your your Iron yeah. Man's, your you know, like I, not necessarily because they're rich, but like you know, the idea of like I, I care enough that even without powers, I'm gonna put myself out there and try to you know save the world and help people. And you know, in the case of of Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne, they like you know they got money so they can you know build things to protect themselves. And and in right. in Sam's case, you know he can have the, the the wings that he got from the government or whatever. But you know, I I like that I like that idea of you know I don't need powers. I, I'll I'll figure it out with what I got, and I'll you know fashion up a suit or something that can help me. You know, whatever. So like I'd prefer he doesn't get powers. I I, I don't think that's where they're going. Um, it. it I think ultimately he'll probably end up uh, taking the shield before the end of the uh, before the end of the series. But I feel like ultimately Bucky might end up with it probably like later farther down the road. Not in the not in the series. I feel like that's Sam's destiny at the moment. But uh, Bucky's long term. Yeah. Bucky's destiny long term. (laughs) Yeah. And who's going to who's going to build this new Red Wing, by the way? That's the question, right? I'm trying to I I don't know. And and maybe that's going to be fun because 
just in the same way that they're just sitting on a plane and then all of a sudden Bucky's like, there's someone you've got to meet. And then they go and meet Isaiah. I think just at some point they'll be having a staring contest or playing <laughs> footsies or getting, you know, snuggling up on a plane watching friends and they'll be like, hey, we got to go talk to Pepper. Or we got to, you know, I need Red Wing or you know, it makes me think about Torres, too. I could see Torres kind of like leaving the military to come be with them and be their kind of support. I'd like to see them build their own kind of team like that. I think that's interesting um, because it was rather awkward, too, and we didn't really talk about it, which was all last episode where, you know, we're waiting, like, when is Bucky going to answer Sam's text and what's going to happen? And then in this episode... We get a little intro with John Walker, and then all of a sudden, Bucky and Sam are just walking together. They're <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, yeah. There was no – I was a little – that was a little sad for me too because they had an opportunity there to get a great entrance, you know, mm -hmm. and they didn't. But it's like they must have known they didn't. I wonder why they chose such a subtle thing like that or was there a scene cut or I don't know. It felt weird to me. I I, I had the same feeling like I, I I found it to be a little jarring just because I, I expected there to be some sort of progression from the situation with the the, the old Japanese man. Uh, and yeah. and how, how are we going to transition yeah. from I'm crossing the names off my list story to how how is he going to end up with Sam? And they just said. Hey, fuck it. We don't know. <laughs> We're just going to put him here. And yeah, I, I, like, weird. I went like, like my eyes literally got big. I'm like, so he's just here now. Like what happened to the, the Japanese man? What happened to the girl he was dating? Like, what about the list? Like, I, I, I don't think they're going to leave that as like a dangling thread. I feel like that's going to come back around, but it, it was a little jarring in that moment to just see Bucky just there in the airplane hangar. And immediately my brain fired off like 17 questions. Like what happened to this? What happened yeah. to that? It, uh, it but, was weird, but it was also very MCU because they've done this so many times where someone mm -hmm. just walks in and they're like, you know, how many times has Thor been like, you were here, right? <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> like, people just appear and that's, I'm totally cool with it. And that's what I felt. It even happened while they were walking, like the camera, literally the fashion in which it was shot did work for it because you just jumped right into it. You know, mm -hmm. they were walking through and then you saw all the Captain America stuff. And he's like, how did this happen? So to me, it was like, OK, they saw it on the news. We saw them watching. He's together right in different places. This is what brought them back to this central base. But it doesn't explain how he's right there at this particular base where Sam is going to walk onto a helicopter and go on this mission. But hey. It's they're superheroes. I'm okay with it, but I would have liked a little more. They had an opportunity to do something, um, just a little more fun, like at least be something stupid, like Sam is getting a soda and then like Bucky shakes the machine or breaks it with his metal arm or, you know, and he's like, what the <laughs> fuck, you know, I don't know, just something kind of fun, but that, that, I, I, that was a little weird to me. Yeah, it was it was weird to me, too. But I did kind of like I gave them a pass on that because I have faith that it's going to come back around. And like like you said, like what happened here, like was a scene cut. I, I part of me felt like a scene was cut, but part of another part of me, a larger part of me feel feels like that was done 
purposefully and that will come back around at some point and we will look back on now and go oh that's why they just shot him straight there now it, that doesn't happen I, i'm it's I, it's not gonna be a huge indictment on the series or anything like that but um it was jarring enough that i would like to see some sort of either an explanation for why he just teleported there instantly or <laughs> or just I, I want to see the old man plot resolved. Like yes, I, I want to see that come to a conclusion me too. Well, and so, yeah. yeah, I just, just give me that. And I think too, you know, I'm trying to think, could it be the old man is somehow connected to, um, like the LAF or, you know, or hydrant some, you know what I mean? Maybe the son was someone that we, we, we think it was, Hey, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but maybe not. There's yeah, something or, deeper to it, you know. Yeah, or or that or that entire mission is more relevant than yeah, it was played up to go. be. Because like go. that could be yeah. a, a a misdirection yep. where we're looking like, oh, they showed us this because he ends up killing that guy's son, and now he hangs out with that guy. When in reality, that mission was actually so because we don't know what that mission was. Exactly. Like maybe that mission was something that's going to tie in. So, yep. And maybe like you said, that guy is not so much of an innocent bystander as, as they would like us to think. Who knows? Maybe the, the, the son or the old man is the power broker. Maybe he has something even right. A larger thing. Or then again, in the other respect, I was kind of into it as Bucky, finding himself i like the little story with the girl mm-hmm. on the date and everything and so i'm interested in that respect too um yeah. let's jump into the therapy scene uh okay we did have andy had a little bit of feedback here because andy gives great feedback very long letter um he said well i love the counseling scenes in the first episode and i remember where i know and it's funny because um in the last episode Gareth left some feedback and he called the therapist by her name on Bosch. And that's where I recognize her from people uh, who watch Bosch. She is the lieutenant and I think she becomes the captain um, on Bosch and she's wonderful on that. And she has a very similar, let's just say she's, it's like a very similar character. She's very tough. Um, but Andy continues, I really did not like the therapy scenes in this episode. Nothing in particular, just didn't enjoy how it was basically one big joke. I guess I'm usually just not a fan of turning therapy into a joke, especially when it involves someone that truly needs it, such as Bucky. And I got to agree. I mean, what did you think of the therapy scene? So um, I this was Andy that wrote this, you yes, said? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with Andy. I did think the scene, the, the, there were moments in the scene that were funny, but like, I didn't like it either. Like, I didn't like the fact that it was played up for jokes. And then I also didn't like the fact that I felt like it wasn't just played up for jokes, but it was shoehorned in for that purpose. Because like the, the at, in that scene, Bucky's getting released from jail for, you know, violating his, his terms or whatever. And, uh, what's his face joffrey says you know great value cap he said you know says something like oh i made it so that he has to go less often or something like that yeah and then she goes uh and as a condition of your release we're gonna do a therapy session right now and sam you're coming too and immediately that 
threw me off because that didn't feel realistic. No, like they're just going to no. hand over a, a holding room, a holding cell or an interrogation room. Yeah. Just going to hand over an interrogation room for you to uh, do a therapy session. And now like, and Sam has to go to like on whose orders? <laughs> like I, like that just kind of threw me it off. Didn't like make any sense because like, the, the, the yeah. disrespect of, of Sam as an Avenger is just like really irritating me because I'm just like, okay, on whose authority does Sam have to do this? And then, like I said earlier, like John, Bra- John Bradley, John Walker, you know, going stay out of my way. And I'm like, who the fuck are you like to talk to Sam like that? So <laughs> I, I felt like that whole the way they they shoehorned that scene in, like I felt like like he could have tried a little bit harder to uh, justify this therapy scene because I, I, I'm just not buying it. I'm like, oh, they're in an interrogation room now. And and then, like Andy said, the the fact that it was clearly put in there just for for laughs, like to make them stare at each other's eyes and to sit and eat a dick, like all that, all that kind of stuff. And it, it had its moments. But, yeah, I, I'm totally on board with Andy. Like, I, I didn't like that one really at all. But I, I really like the, the the ones from the first episode. And I liked your idea of, of having like a, you know, couple of a two minute, uh, you know, extra, you know, extras in the in the thing where you could see Bucky therapy sessions That's or something what, like dude, that. It felt to me like the dumb thing that I had said should be an extra <laughs> was in the show. I was like, that, I just that, talked about this last week, how they should just be doing silly shit. Well, I was watching, I was jo- like, oh, they're doing Axel's idea. Yeah. And, and I, this again, I have to, and I have to compare this to WandaVision because you and I had a similar problem with WandaVision is tonally, it seems like they're doing a little bit of like, let's throw everything on the wall and see what sticks. And if we can get something that works out of it, we'll go with it. And last episode, not they handled the therapy thing with a bit of dignity, right? Mm-hmm. That he was basically, I mean, look, Sam's job when he met Steve was being basically a therapist in a group for soldiers with PTSD and how to re um, engage back in normal life after being in the military and at war. That was Sam's whole journey when we met him. So we to then about that. Yeah, right? But then to bring <laughs> Bucky into a similar situation, that's what I thought. It's like I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, Sam should be very comfortable being in therapy because he did it with all these people. He brought Steve into like I didn't get it that they had an opportunity here to augment and really follow on the on on the great like groundwork they had laid taking this semi seriously to then do this total joke but also like you said it didn't make any sense that Sam was being forced into it in some way and like John now had John Walker had some power now he has power over Bucky right mm-hmm. he has power over Sam right um didn't make any sense and the the therapy session, though, I found it to be pretty hilarious and I was laughing because the guys are great actors and it's funny. Mm-hmm. It just I thought it left something to be desired. But again, I'm going to chalk it up to like with WandaVision where they were really secretive in one episode and then they had to give us a whole episode where fucking step by step Agnes or Agatha, I'm sorry, explains everything that happened <laughs> up to mm-hmm. that point. 
because there is a wide age range, experience range, this is a McDonald's show, right? They're trying to serve a billion people here. And it's, I can understand it. So I, I don't, it doesn't ruin it for me, but it is a kind of a lost opportunity, though I still have to give them credit for at least it was fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I can uh, say. Uh, I, I have a question for you. Um, the chemistry between Sam and Bucky, I feel is still there and it's oh, still great. It's great. I feel like the, the oh, I'm, I take back Sam and Bucky between Anthony Mackey and Sebastian Stan. I feel like those two, uh, absolutely fucking crush it with the with the banter. Uh, I, I think the chemistry is there, and I love it. But the end of the therapy session, uh, Sam says something to the effect of, we're, "We'll do this next thing, and then you know, I we'll go our separate ways, and we never have to see each other again." Something to that effect, and that kind of threw me off a little bit because I never interpreted their relationship as being like that, like they they actually hate each other. Like I never, like I don't. For some reason, like it's it's like water and oil to me, uh, mm. the idea of they actually hate each other and then simultaneously have nice, lighthearted banter back and forth. So, like, I always looked at it as they're just fucking around because, I mean, they have lighthearted banter all the time. Yeah, so I figured yeah. the whole I can't stand you. I hate you thing was more like tongue in cheek. So for him to at the end be like, you know, we could go our separate ways and we'd never have to see each other again. Bucky's like, great, that's fine. I'm like, are they being childish or do they actually hate each other? Because like, I don't know. I I, I found that to be a little weird because I like their chemistry so much and like the lighthearted banter and to see them actually behaving as if they truly don't like each other was kind of surprising to me. Did you have you how have you interpreted their relationship to this point? Um, I. I feel what you're saying. I have interpreted it more like they secretly want to be best friends and they really like each other, mm-hmm. but their history, a little bit of history, a little bit of circumstance, a little bit of masculinity and ego um, gets in the way. And I feel like if I had, if these were two friends of mine, I'd be like, you guys were on the path to being good friends until Sam decided not to take the shield, which is mm-hmm. really the crux because they don't have much of a relationship. They fought. It's like it's like Bucky said, I spent 90 years fighting like on and off ice fighting battles and until I got to chill in Wakanda for a little while. Right. Which is a connection to the overall stuff we're talking about as well, which I think that Sam that maybe perhaps. Basically, I think they've got a lot in common, but they keep on talking about what they don't have in common, and it's Mm -hmm. concentrating on the issue of why Sam didn't pick up the shield. Bucky is – I think this might be the classic kind of racial disparity where Sam is making a decision based on his experience, and Bucky is not taking that into consideration. He is solely upset that Sam has rejected – Steve there by himself, right? Yes. Like so many of us get upset at our kid when we're really upset at our mom or dad or some shit we were treated. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's where it really comes from. And Sam tries to say that to him. You and Steve don't understand this, 
right? What he's saying mm-hmm. is you and Steve are white. You're not getting that. I just different shit going on here for me, bro. Like, did you ever think of that? And I think that's where, um, maybe we're going to have a realization from Bucky, you know, yeah. and maybe that's why they had the cop scene with Bucky involved. And maybe that's going to be, maybe part of this show is Bucky gets Bucky's woke. evolution. Yeah. Bucky gets yeah. woke, man. Right. The wokeness of Bucky. <laughs> And uh, that's what it's like. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, aka Bucky gets woke. That's what, that's why I started laughing. It was like the idea of it having like a a a, a, yeah. a subtitle or, or whatever, like a a sequel title. But it kind makes of. sense. The Winter right? Soldier: colon, Bucky gets woke. It, it does make sense because that's where we're at uh, as a society, right? Is trying to come. I think, and from listening to um, um, Spellman was on the showrunner and writer was on a show called The Five, which is Hollywood Reporter's weekly TV sh- podcast. It's fantastic. You should listen to it. Dan Feinberg, Leslie Goldberg. Um, and he was talking about some of these issues and how they took to writing the show. And I think that it makes sense that in our society, we're trying to get to the point where, you know, everybody's saying like, okay, if you cancel everybody, and we all hate each other. How can we go forward? Right. This is what people always are talking about. So we have to allow people the opportunity to learn. And maybe a bit of what this show is Sam trying to give, like teach Bucky. But, um, because of the plot, it goes slowly. <laughs> you know, they have a lot of fucking spy shit to work out as well. <laughs> I, re- I really like that point. While you were talking, when you said something like uh, uh, they were fine up until Sam didn't take the shield like that. Once you said that, the, the conclusion that you ultimately arrived at started forming in my head as well. And I, I like that idea. The idea of like these scenes aren't necessarily to uh show us how woke the director is <laughs> they're here to show us bucky's evolution because if you think about what the bucky's time when he was you know uh actually you know pre-winter soldier time <laughs> shitting on black people was two thumbs up so like, it was perfectly fine yeah. so like there's probably a lot that bucky does need to learn you didn't about even like, tell sam about isaiah i'm sorry to interrupt yeah. but, oh no yeah, no that's... you're right that's a good that's a good point you did he didn't tell sam about it so like I, I wonder if that is where they're going with that and and i would really like that because i'd like when i'm watching something and i feel like uh the creator may have missed something or, or maybe, or, Oh, you, they could have done that a little better or a little differently. And then later on I end up going, Oh, so that's why they did that. I really like that feeling. And I, I, I really respect people who can pull that off where it's like, you don't understand something at the beginning and then it, it comes together at the end. Like breaking bad did that a lot. Yeah. Like a lot of Vince Gilligan does that to perfection. The, uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on until he decides to tell you what the fuck's going on and then everything makes sense. So, you know, I, I hope you're right. That'd be super cool. I hope I'm right too, man, because it does kind of make things make a bit more sense. And it also, to me, I feel like that's a really interesting and that is a worthwhile exploration of race in America in the past, the present and future but also in the MCU, 
Because like I said in the beginning too, I have to think about it that way because this is a magical world of androids, wizards, and aliens, you know? (laughs) And you know what I'm saying? Like they, when they, when the guardians of the galaxy are hanging out and there's a blue person and a green person, right? (laughs) And like, we're not think we're thinking of that metaphorically perhaps, but in this way, there is an actual history that we can relate to that it does behoove them to pay homage to and learn from. And also they have a huge audience here and, you know, whatever you might say about Disney's world domination, if you do have an opportunity to forward the discussion, I think it's kind of cool to take that opportunity. And from when I listen to Malcolm Spellman on, uh, on the five, I was like, hey, this dude's pretty cool. You should listen to it. And I, I suggest to everyone else, give it a listen. It's a great podcast. But um It's called The Five? Yeah. Uh it's okay. like the TV's top five or the five. And I'll send you a link to it. I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode. Okay. Um, because he also explains really interestingly, like the way that when you go, how it works, working and directing and creating and writing a Marvel show that like they have, they give him like basically like a Rolodex of characters he can choose from. Like these characters can appear in this show. Do you want to try? And they can actually create like the way that they do these mashups of different previous comic book stories is he explained they have like almost like he has like a marvel like shepherd so when they have ideas he has to kind of run it past how does this work into the overall thing right Mm -hmm. and then they'll say oh you're free to do whatever you want in this vein but in other ways they'll say okay wait we're doing something so you, you don't go in that direction you know, so it's a really, I can't, you know, he explains it better than I, of course, but that was a great uh, thing. And I hope that they do that with Bucky because I think to go back to your original question, I really do think Sam and Bucky really like each other. And I think they That's have, what I like to think, yeah, they have a lot in common. Um, they get along well. They just vibe. You know what I'm saying? And obviously the actors do. Um, just the funny things that they do in the episode, the staring, he's like, is he staring again? That's cute. You know what I mean, yeah. man? Like, the, I like that stuff. Um, and they are both just, you know, they kind of look good together too. They're like two handsome dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like when they were walking down that road in beautiful Germany, wasn't that gorgeous? And they were just talking. Night, yeah. I was like, I could watch these two guys talk to each other for like two hours. Yeah, it was really. I, fun. I, I love how the instant they got back together again, it felt like they never left. Like yeah. the 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 interaction where the where he talks about the big three, and then the the whole back and forth. Like, how do you know about the Hobbit? I read it when it came out. <laughs> like, that's what? great. That's I was awesome. like, that was such a good line. And then the that was awesome. And then the uh, the a sorcerer is just a wizard without a hat. Like, I, I feel like they did. Like, they they went right back into it. It was so good. And yeah, yeah I, I I love to see that. Good shit, man. All right. Well, we are, I think we're getting towards the end here. Um, let's see. Yeah. Kind of one of the last things that happens is, um, I just want to point out that last scene when the flag smashers are escaping on the plane in Bratislava, Slovakia. Um, MCU loves 
Europe, like Eastern they really European. Do. They, they really do. They really do. I love it. <laughs> but it, because I think it, I think for many people of my, you're a little younger, but it brings those Cold War associations. That's what I was, that's what I was going to yeah, think. Yeah, they do too, the same yeah. thing with Wanda, right? Like with mm-hmm. the American TV shows. It's just, it, they're kind of showing their age there a little bit, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy, okay, so the power broker has found them. So now we know that the power broker is attacking the flag smashers. I think the LAF is more associated with the power broker than the flag smashers. That's my opinion. I think you're, I think you're probably right. Right. The LAF is more of the Hydra, like bad guy power broker thing. And they are now after, like, it's almost like the flag smashers got themselves in bed with the LAF to get to the power broker. They fucked over the power broker. Now maybe they have both of them going after them because I do think that, um, we'll get a reappearance of the LAF and what's his name? Borak. Oh, uh, bat, bat rock. Bat, bat rock. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think that we'll have another like appearance because we're because that happens. And one of the flag smashers gives his life to save them. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to me that he was perhaps car, uh, car. What is it? Carly or Carly? Carly. Carly. I'm getting uh, mixed up between the director and the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is. What looked like they were maybe romantically involved or, or very close or something. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like got that vibe too. Yeah. Which may figure into maybe perhaps her wanting to become like having a reason to hate the bad guys even more and maybe go with Sam. I don't know. I'm just trying to think it through. I don't know. No, I think you're probably right. I, like, that, that's that seems pretty likely he could have got on that plane dude this is like he definitely could have yeah this is like leo could have gotten onto that board in the ocean. come on everybody knows when he knocked over when he knocked over the electrical pole i was like oh that's a great idea now you can go get on the plane (laughs) and then they just shot his ass right like he decided to run at them for some reason it didn't yeah it didn't make much sense and they were like clearly far enough away they weren't even really getting good shots at the plane so he didn't need to be doing that so that was a plot device to forward her character's motivation in some way Mm -hmm. um and uh that was a little iffy to me i like her what do you think of her i like that there's like a young woman that's ahead of this organization it kind of took you off guard yeah i Um, thought that was cool because they kind of made it out like the guy from the last episode in switzerland was the head of it yeah the the big guy Yeah. yeah But no, I guess it's I, no. I thought that was really cool. I like because I, I thought it was cool just to have her be powered. Like when Bucky finds her in the back of that truck, yep. And 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 you know, it turns out that she's powered. I thought that in a, in and of itself was cool. But then to eventually find out, I'm like, oh wait, is she actually like the leader of this group? I'm like, that's kind of cool. But she is based on. I mean, she is. So Flag Smasher in the comic is a person right. named Carl Morgenthau, and she's Carly Morgenthau. So they all they did was just regender uh the flag smasher character from the comic so i mean it it, it makes sense that, this, that she would be the leader but it's yeah. that's still a a, a woke move to uh yeah. to not to regender the character and make her young so uh, i thought that, i thought that was pretty cool i didn't have any problems yeah. with it and at all she se- she seems to be non-white as well yeah yeah which plays a part into the overall themes that we're dealing with in the show 
Um, it's worth pointing that out. I mean, I think it's interesting because they skewer younger. I think it, it, what it does to, for me is it aligns her character more with an online internet blip type world like the yeah. like the new world order right like she represents youth and something different and new and has a different point of view and i think that it's interesting um i don't want to get too you know deep into what it might represent but i think you know i mean a lot of in our culture we see younger people having ideas that often older people scoff at or don't quite understand and i think it could be interesting to see bucky and sam come to a realization about this new world order from her, like learn something from her about what's really going on. Um, no, yeah, that, that seems could be interesting. Probable. Yeah. Um, okay. But as we end it, we, we do get a little, a little kind of fun shot, you know, Sam and Bucky are going to go see someone else. And it turns out it's going to be Zemo, uh, our old friend that we have seen in previous films, I think what was he in two or three different movies? Uh, he was in, he was mainly in Civil War. Yeah. Like that was his because his whole it was his whole plan to to break up the Avengers and pit them against each other. So that was his main uh, his main appearance was in Civil War. But I think he was also I don't know was he in Winter Soldier? I think he I'm was. not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I I know Civil War was his you know because that was his whole plan to break them up was. Uh, uh, in Civil War, yeah, he's. I first of all, I just I love the actor Daniel Bruhl. I mm-hmm. think he's fantastic. If anyone has seen The Alienist, or he's in a host of other films, so when it when, to have him on the show is great because I think he's just a presence on the screen. And once again, it's just the amazing fucking casting of the MCU. They just do great casting. Um, I think it's going to be fun to see, but. Suffice to say, I believe that he's somehow orchestrating or involved in what's going on with the power broker and all that kind of stuff in the LAF and all that. I assumed that. But now that they're going to him for information and he's clearly currently imprisoned, I wonder if because, I mean, of course, we're going to assume that he's he's involved because he's the bad guy. But I wonder if he's if it's not going to play out that way. Maybe like like if he's a lector. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. I wonder if it'll be more like that. Oh. And that'd be interesting. So, yeah, I like that, Mike. I had not considered that. I just, I just really, I just have to say right away. I figured, okay, he's running shit from jail or something, you know. But that'd be kind of cool if they give him the opportunity to be like the Hannibal Lecter and maybe run, maybe kind of fuck with them psychologically a little bit too. Mm-hmm. along the way like getting yeah. some jabs about captain america or something <laughs> right, you know, yeah. about john pretty... walker you yeah. know as soon as they walk in he's like i saw you on tv oh wait it wasn't you <laughs> you know that would be yeah. fun i like that all right cool yeah. all right, do you have anything else that you want to mention uh no we, uh, we covered everything that i wanted to talk about i'm good yeah this was great man all right cool yeah this was very awesome well Thank you, everyone, for watching on One Mic. Thank you, everyone, for listening over on Daily DVR and the Westworld slash Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just renamed the feed for it. Fuck it. People are finding (laughs) it. We're getting people downloading it. We really appreciate it. Hey, I just want to take the time to always say, if you are listening to us, thank you. This is why we do this. We appreciate the time you take to listen to us and validate our lives in some small way. 
makes us feel good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I definitely appreciate people putting up with me. I'm over here talking about need a dick and going balls deep on a theme. Like <laughs> if you're putting up with adult. me, I really, I really appreciate it. Cause I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Nah, you're great, man. This has been very fun. I really enjoyed, like I said, I've never, I've never dove deep into the Marvel stuff before. So this is really fun for me. And I, th- I, it is kind of cool because I do feel in many ways that it is, it's something new. They're learning, they're experimenting how to do TV. And I mm-hmm. think that it's really awesome. And I mean, we didn't even mention how fucking awesome that fight scene on top of the trucks. Oh, the top was. of the trucks. Yes. I, I, I wonder, awesome. I, I wondered openly if that's going to be an, another hallmark of the series as well. Like an, a, a cinematic level action scene in every episode and if they do uh, i'm totally in for it (laughs) i believe it is my friend i think it probably will be the case yeah all right cool well once again thanks everyone please like review subscribe leave us feedback and you could win something like this awesome avengers pin okay or a tie or some socks thank you to cufflinks.com that's it peace out peace Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. The men's accessories marketplace. Head on over to CuffLinks.com slash DVR today and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. They've got tons of stuff over there, whether it's gift set boxes. They've got Marvel ones. I'm looking at right now. Captain America shields, baby. They have style from a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars, Game of Thrones, any of the geeky stuff, and of course, the classic styles that you've grown to love. And you, the listener, will be rewarded because we're going to be doing some giveaways this season. So stay tuned. Go over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today.